You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. This is Season 4, Episode 2, an interview with Justin David Sullivan. Thesis on Joan is a podcast dedicated to amplifying voices from the LGBTQ plus community in the New York performing arts scene and examining the industry from a queer perspective. Join us as we sit down with groundbreaking theater folks, both on stage and behind the curtain. For many queers, theater has been an escape, and this podcast looks to have open conversations on where we've come from and where we're headed as a community while clearing the canon along the way. Hey queers, welcome back. Today we have an interview for you with Justin David Sullivan, who is currently playing the role of May in Broadway's Anne Juliet. If you want to hear more about heroinized thoughts of Anne Juliet, you can check out one of our last episodes from season three. We'll link to that in our show notes. Justin David Sullivan is a non-binary singer, actor, and artist in New York City. Originally from Southern California, Justin was born with a passion to create and the determination to color the world with every crayon in the box. With a creative mind and a plethora of different interests, Justin never doubted their purpose. They were born to perform. His heart for theater stems from his love for storytelling. Justin is passionate about diversity and representation in the performing arts and hopes to be seen as an advocate of inclusivity. Their greatest hope is for their art to continue to represent marginalized communities and shed light to the culture and experiences that he carries as an openly queer person of Mexican and Korean descent. Justin is committed to using her platform to uplift and inspire other trans, non-binary, and gender-expansive people and give a voice to the voiceless. Hi, Justin. We're so excited to have you on Thesis on Joan. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. We usually start with our guests sharing their name, their pronouns, and whatever you want to share about how you identify. Absolutely. Um, my name is Justin David Sullivan. My pronouns are he, she, and they, and I identify as trans non-binary, um, and I am an actor here in New York City doing the thing, and um, yeah, really, really stoked to be here again. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And in addition to acting, you're also a singer, you are an artist. So this is a lot of identities. You have a very yes. busy schedule. <laughs> how do you balance this out and how do these identities inform each other? Yeah, I think, you know, all of those labels are are, are just something that I use to try to explain my creative mind. I think they all really lend themselves to each other. You know, I'm a singer and an actor who does musical theater primarily. So, you know, those things go hand in hand. And um, as an artist, I, I just love exploring all sorts of creative fields. Um, most recently in during, uh, you know, the, the quarantine, during the pandemic, I started a little passion project of, of uh, creating art and making it into like stickers and stationery and sold it on Etsy and, and just all sorts of things that, you know, inspire me. So um, I would say that I just love to create and um, theater is my favorite pathway to do that just because I feel like there's nothing like it in the world. You know, it's, it's, it's live, it's living and it's fresh and it's right in front of you. And all of my favorite elements of, of creativity, like 
makeup and set design and costumes and all the things that really excite me are all, you know, working together to tell a beautiful story. So yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. And I'm super happy to be here. That's so cool. Is your Etsy store still open and people can I know, I want to know. Lot. I know, I wish it was, but I, I, I unfortunately had to put that on pause, but you know, maybe she'll make a comeback. Yeah, you're busy. It's I understand. You got two customers yeah. here though. Love stationery. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'll send you guys some stuff. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Uh, so in your bio, you shared that you were, quote, born with a passion to create and the determination to color the world with every crayon in the box. And how does that determination drive you creatively? Oh, that's a great question. And I I have not read that part of my bio in a long time, but that really is <laughs> hidden the spot. Like, I really resonate with that. I think as a kid, um, I have always really leaned into my creative side. And there was always... A, a strong point of view. And I think that that is what drives me um, creatively is to make sure that everything that I'm a part of is, um, is accurately representing, you know, the world and the way that I see it. I love to really, you know, leave my, my stamp and leave my mark. And, um, and I think that is true for a lot of creative people probably. And, and so, yeah, I think, hopefully people resonate with with the way that I see things and create things and um and I love to experience and witness other people share their truths as well I'm imagining the crayon box you're talking about is like the giant one with the sharpener on it like 100 plus colors oh yeah and I would oh there were so many rules I was not the kid that was just like scribble 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 I was so particular it's so exact with what colors I use where I place them and I think now that I'm an adult not much has changed (laughs) (laughs) I would get so mad when people would put them like out of the right color box oh my gosh I know there's a way that things are supposed to go people (laughs) all type a here okay So uh, speak, we have this habit of like digging things out of people's bios. So yeah. continuing on that trend, um, you also have stated that you would like to be seen as an advocate for inclusivity. So how do you bring this advocacy to your art? I think I would like to think that, you know, in ev- everything that I do, I am showing up as my true authentic self and growing up, you know, in a space and time where, I, I wasn't seeing anyone else like me in, in mainstream media. I wasn't seeing mixed folks or, you know, at the time I, I, I hadn't come out as non-binary or realized that part of my identity, but um, have always stood out as someone who was clearly very queer, clearly very, you know, going against the norm. And um, I think that the way that I try to live my life is knowing that the space that I take up is important. Like me being there matters. And in a sense, my presence is my protest. And um, I, I would like to think that in, in anything that I do, I am, like I, like I already mentioned, just showing up authentically and not trying to fit a mold or trying to change certain parts of myself to appease people who might not understand that. Um, and and make space for other people to do the same and to see that, you know, you can, you can be all these different things and, and still achieve your wildest dreams. And um, I think, I think it's really important. I think representation is really important, especially in a place like Broadway and theater where, you know, queer people are so at the center of, of the creation of this art and, and just historically and, and yet our stories are, are so not, not very often told. And, um, and so I think that's what, that, that is what really drives me to, to keep going and to, to keep advocating for more inclusivity in, in theater spaces and spaces just everywhere. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm Korean. I'm non-binary. And seeing you on a Broadway stage in a musical was was very moving for me. And so I that I know you're having that impact on people already. So uh, yeah, thank you for for doing that work. It was really amazing. To thank see. you for sharing that. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool to me because you know it's like to even 
in, in, in my hometown, it was like, it was just me, you know what I mean? And to know that there are other like non-binary Korean people out there and people that are like, you know, invested in theater in the same way. I'm like, that's so wild how, you know, this has, this project has allowed us to cross paths and I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and you share that, you know, you're Mexican and Korean and how are these identities and how do they inform your art and your advocacy, do you think? Totally. You know, I think um, two different things. So uh, being of mixed race, being of um, two minority, you know, races, there is such a culture attached to that, right? And um, oftentimes being queer and being anything other than, you know, a certain type of way in, in our parents' minds, it's it's not really celebrated or supported and that was very much true for me as a child like I think both of my parents had very religious conservative upbringings and definitely tried to (laughs) instill those same values in me Um, and I think a lot of a lot of minority children can resonate with that Um, so that's one part of it I think the second part of it is being of mixed race oftentimes leaves you feeling like there is you're not sure quite where you fit in like I feel um in a room full of of Korean people I I feel like I'm like oh gosh I am an outsider and and full of Mexican people I feel the same way um in a different way and I think that's just a theme that has come up a lot in my life of just feeling like I don't have a place to belong I don't have like a, a group of people that are like, yeah, that's it. Um, I've always kind of felt like um, like an outcast, <laughs> which has, you know, taught me a lot about myself and also has led me to here where now I'm connecting with people who, you know, are like, yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and that's really cool to me. And so I think anytime that I, I get an opportunity to to tell a story or to be on stage and take up space, I think that is um, allowing, you know, those parts of my identity to to shine. Whether or not it's like in the storytelling, um, it matters, and I think it's I think it's I think it's pretty cool. And do you feel you, you mentioned that it was really hard to like identify with people in the um, performing arts field. Like, do you ever feel like you saw an artist or a performer that made you feel seen or is that kind of a recent thing or not, or not a thing at all for you? Yeah. I think it's definitely more of a recent thing just in terms of like times where I was like weeping just because I was seeing them on stage. Um, The first Broadway show I ever saw was, Miss Saigon, and I got to see Eva Noblezada, who is also Mexicasian, um, on stage, and just, oh my god, first of all, that show is gut-wrenching and really intense, so I don't know (laughs) if I would recommend it as, like, the first Broadway (laughs) show, it just so happened to be, um, and, you know, separate thoughts on the show itself, but, like, just seeing her presence and knowing that all these thousands of people are, like, seeing her stand in her excellence um, as a mixed race person, as a young person, was so moving to me. Um, I would say I was most moved in my lifetime um, when I, I, I'm from LA, by the way, I'm from Southern California. So I saw as much theater as I possibly could, but there is not nearly as much as there is for in New York. So we're all very spoiled and lucky to be here. But um, the Pasadena Playhouse in LA put on a production of Little Shop of Horrors where George Salazar was playing Seymour and MJ Rodriguez was playing Audrey. And that, I think, was a turning point for me, just to see those two telling a story so beautifully, so authentically. Um, You know, George, as another Mexicasian who does not fit the standard stereotypical Broadway mold, and MJ Rodriguez, Rodriguez, a beautiful, strong trans woman, telling the story in her skin. It literally, I was weeping through the whole show. I saw it four times because (laughs) I just couldn't, I couldn't stay away. And that inspired me um, so much just to know that it was possible. 
um, to to tell a, you know a, a beloved story um, in a way with so much truth, and it, it just added so much depth that other productions of that same show I, I never saw. And I think in that moment I was like, ex- "That's exactly what I want to do. That's exactly what I feel like I was meant to do, is to bring." all of the pieces, all of my trauma, all of my hardships, all of the things that I've worked through and overcome. And I don't have to speak about it. I don't have to, you know, show it. But the fact that I moved through those things and overcame them and am taking up space um, in a way where I'm, you know, able to share my creativity, share my art, um, I think that is like truly the moment when I realized that that was really what I felt called to do. And I'm so grateful to them and everyone who has inspired me to, to know that it was possible to keep going. And um, so, yeah, those are, those are just a handful of artists that I absolutely adore and admire. I remember seeing the the video of them singing Suddenly Seymour, and I'm like, I don't know if there's a production I've ever wanted to see more that I know I'm not going to see. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I saw it enough times for all of us, so it's okay. It's living up here in my million. Oh, God, it was perfect. (laughs) I'm so glad you got to see it. Um, So thinking of Broadway as an industry, like what changes would you like to see in terms of trans and non-binary representation on Broadway? Yeah, I mean... What a loaded question, am I right? <laughs> uh, but simply put, I just want more. I just want more. And I know that we are in a in a time and space where change is brewing. And I'm so thrilled to see that. Um, and, you know, there are so many elements to this question that I don't even know if I can fully wrap my head around it. it, it to, to simplify it, I want trans and non-binary stories told and written by trans and non-binary people um, and performed by trans and non-binary people in a safe place and in a way that is empowering. Um, That's what I want. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how long it'll take to get there, but I'm seeing, you know, changes. I mean, Hera, we recently just met at an event for a, a, the exciting launch of breaking the binary theater. Um, And just to even know that that exists is hope in my heart that, you know, this is just going to snowball and people are going to be uplifted by trans voices and non-binary voices um, in, in theater and beyond. So that's my greatest hope. <laughs> yeah. I, we've been to some, we went to several of like the festival shows last fall mm-hmm. and we went to their closing rap party. And like that environment is just so lovely to be a part of. And I, I just love supporting them. It's healing, isn't it? Yeah. Like it, 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 just being in that space and feeling like you can put your shoulders down and mm. just knowing that everyone gets it. And there's, there's really nothing that you can compare that to. And I'm lucky to have, you know, my non-binary and trans family here in the building. And um, it's also really exciting to not be the only one. You know, I'm, I'm so used to not even being the only non-binary person, but the only queer person in so many spaces. And, and so I feel really grateful to have, you know, built a community and um, really proud of our show. We're going to move into the show now. So that was like the first half. Now we have so many questions about Angelia. I am thinking, though, that I need to like print out the Breaking the Binary logo and like put it on my mirror like a mantra. You know how people do that in the morning? And I'll just like wake up and be like, theater's going to be okay. (laughs) I have a sticker for you, Megan. I'm going to give it to you next time I see you. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Okay. So moving into one of our many questions about Anne Juliet. Um, so May is unlike anyone we've ever seen in theater. And you said it's your dream role. Can you tell us more about what drew you to this role to begin with? Oh my gosh. What didn't draw me to the role? <laughs> um, I have a kind of a funny story about how this all came to me, but um Essentially, a friend of mine was in London um, during, I think, the early previews in 2019. And I got a text from him at intermission of the show saying, there's 
the show, there's this new show in the West End called Angeliette. There's a role that's perfect for you when they bring it to to the States, you have to be in it. So it's been on my radar since like the first conception of it. And, you know, obviously I, I, I didn't know the full story. So I only had like the cast recording and, you know, bits and pieces here and there. But what I gathered was that this character was so special because, you know, oftentimes in, in theater and on Broadway, queer characters are like the comedy shtick or like, you know, the best friend. And, and that is... May is Juliet's best friend in the show. But I think what I love so much about May and what drew me to the character was May is such a three-dimensional character and has an arc that I've never seen before in a queer character, let alone, I mean, I haven't ever seen another non-binary character. So like, just to have that exist was like, whoa, that sounds right. And um I didn't come out as non-binary until um, 2020, actually. Um, it, I think that time caused a lot of us to, like, sit back and reflect on life. And um, I think that's something that I had been avoiding for a lot of my life, mostly because I wasn't in a space where I felt safe enough to explore that or unlock that. Um, but as soon as I did everything felt right. I felt such a rush of relief of like, yeah, this is who I am. Like, this is who I've always been. And um, I'm really grateful for that, to have gone on that journey, because I think even even before that, like so much of, of May's experience resonated with mine. And once I was able to fully step into that authenticity um, for myself, it, it just became so clear that this is this is who I have always been and that I didn't need to be scared of it anymore. And thankfully I was in, in a space where I, I was safe to do that and um, welcomed, welcomed and celebrated and um, valued for that. So yeah, I love this character so much. I, I can't even tell you how lucky I feel to get to play this character and tell the story eight times a week. It's, it's the honor of my life. Yeah, that's really amazing. When did you start? When did you start working with Juliet? Yeah, so um, I had a an initial self tape that I filmed in the fall of twenty twenty one. About six months passed by, and I didn't hear anything. Um, and then oh, in the wow. spring, wait, I lied. It was, wait, no, I didn't lie. <laughs> We're in 2023 now. Oh my gosh, time is flying, everyone. Oh, time is flying. Okay, we are in 2023. So this is true. Um, <laughs> then I heard back in spring of 2022 that I had an in-person callback. Oh um, or actually... There was there was one more self tape that I had to do, and then after that self tape, I heard that I had an in person callback. Um, so I did the callback, and I'm not sure if you saw it, but there is um, a TikTok that went around of me finding out that I yeah. got the part. <laughs> so sweet. Um, and oh my gosh, I will never forget that day. I will never forget that rush of emotion. Um, it was unlike anything else I've ever experienced. And that was, uh, I believe, in March of 2022. Um, And then we started rehearsals for um, the out-of-town production in Toronto. Um, We started rehearsals in May. Those were in New York. And then we all traveled to Toronto together in June. And then we did the show over the summer. It was the most wondrous experience ever. Like, I can't even tell you how much fun I had there. Um, and then we opened on Broadway in October. Wow. Wow. I can't believe you had to wait six months until you heard back. (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) You know, there's more to that story, but essentially they were, they were, they had already done their like casting pool and they weren't looking for any further submissions. Um, but I knew I was like, I have to be in this. I have to at (laughs) least be seen for it. And my agents at the time were like, well, we have the material if you want to just film a tape and and, and send it in and see if, you know, that gets you anywhere. Um, and I was like, absolutely. So <laughs> they didn't 
actually even asked for my audition, but I gave it to them anyway because <laughs> I I was like, please, I I really 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 I feel like this is a the perfect fit. Um. So yeah, and after that, you know, I I honestly didn't think about it. I didn't. I wasn't like, oh, I didn't get it. I wasn't like, uh, like anxiously waiting the response. There was like some sort of like supernatural peace that I had in my heart of like, you know, I, I'm proud of myself for I, against all odds, you know, sending in a tape. Um, I literally did it within like 24 hours. Um, it wasn't my favorite tape I've ever done, but I was like, I don't care. You know, it's fine. <laughs> I think that, you know, if, as long as they see me, I think hopefully that will be enough. And I guess it was. It wow. Was. That was so destined. <laughs> yeah, truly. And then thinking about like the rehearsal process, what was, how was gender and identity a part of the discussion with May and, and how did that go? Yeah, it's kind of been like, a, a I think, a work in progress. Like I said, the show started in 2019 and there were plenty of conversations um, that I was not in the room for because this is a show that has transferred. So um, I think that they've done work with, you know, the original people that have played May and people that have come into the show to play May um, to kind of expand on on the character's gender identity and things like that. But in terms of the rehearsal process, it, it felt very transparent. We were lucky enough to have the writer, David West Reed, in the room um, for all of our rehearsals almost. And as well as Max Martin, which is insane. Wow. He was just, they were, they were all just there. Um, and so if we ever had questions or concerns, like it was kind of like an open forum to talk about these things. Um, which was really cool. And I think that's like the most exciting thing about being a part of a new work is that, um, you know, there's room to change things and, and feel, you know, there are times when David West Reed would be like, how would you say this? And I'm like, I cannot believe an Emmy nominated writer is asking me how to write a line. But um, yeah. So I think, I think a lot of the conversation about building the character happened before I came on. Um, and I think, when we did the first read through and, or when I first read the script myself, there was just so much truth that I, that I felt in the character and, and the way that the character was presented and the story. Um, so I felt very like confident and, and happy to move forward with the, the rehearsal process without having many like questions or concerns about the character, just because it, for me, at least, it felt true. And also just knowing that, you know, there's not one specific way to be non-binary. That, that is, that is you know, kind of the whole point is that it's such a spectrum. And for me, it just happened to be like right on the head. I'm like, wow, it's like you wrote scenes of my life that, you know, I have experienced <laughs> time and time again. Um, so, yeah. And I think um, the team was, was very supportive of me and... Um, it was, yeah, it was really fun. I love how collaborative it sounds, even though yeah. it is like a, a work that was transferring. That's amazing. Yeah, that was really <laughs> exciting for me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And audiences have been responding so strongly to the show and so positively. Do you have any anecdotes you could share about either audience interactions, whether I know it's harder in person, maybe online with fans of the show? 
Yeah. I mean, I get so many messages, which is like, that used to be me as like a young theater person, you know, reaching out and sending all the fan letters. And, and I think what's so special is that it's not just like, I think you're so talented and so cool. It's like, you're the first queer person, you know, first brown queer person I've seen, you know, telling this, this type of story on Broadway. And those messages are just such a reminder to me of, of why I never gave up and why I had to persevere um, because I didn't have that growing up. Um, I didn't see myself in theater. I didn't feel represented by anyone um, when I first got really interested in theater. So um, I think so many, so many people have resonated with this character and I think that's really, really special. Um, and I tried to read all of them, but there's also like a boundary that I have to set, you know, to, to make sure that I am in the headspace to be able to maintain myself and, and keep doing the show uh, every single day, <laughs> almost, except for Mondays. Um, but probably my favorite um, audience interactions that, that I hear, um, and there hasn't been one, um, actually, which is, blows my mind, is, is when people tell me that seeing the show or they were with their parents seeing the show um, and seeing, you know, May's story on stage gave them the courage to come out to their parents or to come out wow. to themselves. And, Oof. you know, I think I will just let that speak for itself for a second. Like theater has the power to change the world and change people's lives. And I, and I truly believe that. And for this show to, to tell this story so beautifully and to be a part of that, someone's experience of like, oh my gosh, like, that's it. That's, 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 that's how, that's what's going on in my head. That's the thing that's like, oh, in the depths of my heart um, is like really, really, really cool. It's really cool because I, you know, as a kid, I can't imagine or just being like young in, in today's society, like really young. I can't imagine how, you know, scary that must be to relive that all over again. But then to 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 give people courage and hope that like I can I can access this part of my identity and like maybe one day dream about telling that story on a Broadway stage is like crazy you know what I mean so I think that is the the thing that gets me the most and tugs up my heartstrings is when when people find truth in in a story that they either hadn't realized before or felt that they couldn't share and um being able to share that after witnessing the story that we're telling is like you know that's why we do it so I I feel very moved and inspired by that Wow. That's so incredible. Amazing. And I'm, I'm sure you're impacting folks too, in ways that like they that aren't even reaching you. And, and that's, wow, that's so wonderful. Whew. Uh, I got goosebumps. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, so thinking about the music of Anne Juliet, so it's a jukebox musical, but not really in a traditional sense. And can you tell us about how the music in Anne Juliet helps tell May's story? And do you have a favorite musical moment in the show? Oh, that's such a hard question to ask. I mean, <laughs> all of these, all of the songs in Anne Juliet are like truly some of my favorites. Like Domino, Domino by Jesse J. She's my favorite singer of all time. So like the fact that I sing that on Broadway is like, what? Um, <laughs> but I think what's really cool about Anne Juliet is that there are so many queer anthems in the show. Like, um, for example, I, I sing the song I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. And I so specifically remember that coming out on the radio and being like, oh my gosh, this is so scandalous. <laughs> um, and to get to, you know, take that song and like it in, in the context of the show, it's still very queer, but in a very different way is like, wow, there's like so many layers to it. And um, I love this show. I think it's so smart and so funny and 
also just has so much heart, you know? And I think not only do all of the songs help tell my story, but just tell everyone's story in a way that is like, are you sure this isn't written for the show? Like, it's just so oddly specific and so brilliant. Um, So that's really exciting. Um, But I think, you know, specifically for May's journey, um, getting to sing the infamous Britney Spears song, I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman, is very, very just, it's, it's something that I feel like the first time I heard that song in the context of the show and 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 understanding what they were trying to achieve through that, I was like teary-eyed. I was like so like, wow, like that is so fresh and so cool that someone gets to experience, you know, singing that song. Like I I love singing like quote unquote gender bent, you know, songs and, and musical theater songs. And that was like literally my entire repertoire <laughs> as I was like auditioning and things. And for that song, you know, that, that has lyrics, like it feels like I'm caught in the middle um, and, and things that just totally the context of the character in the song that totally resonate with me um, is just really I mean, I keep saying it's really cool, but I think it's really cool. I think it's like, wow, like what what a thing, because people already know that song. And um, and I think, you know, sometimes people don't necessarily know where the song is going. Like, um, depending on the audience, like sometimes people will chuckle at the beginning. Um, but I think by the end of the song, it always feels like the audience is on the journey of of knowing. Oh no, this is this is a moment. This is um, this is something that is not just you know here to. I, I think they understand the importance of of the song in that moment in the show. Um, and I think yeah, it's it's really I feel really lucky to to get to sing songs that I've loved so much in in the context of such a beautiful show and on a Broadway stage. It's like dream come true after dream come true after dream come true. <laughs> yeah. I think you bring up like the chuckling and then earlier you said like how queer characters are sometimes just like the like side, funny sidekick. I feel like I was, you know, kind of bracing myself for that going into the show. And I was like, so pleasantly surprised by how like genuine the story was I was Mm. you know like when you go into any space as a queer person you're kind of like okay like is this how are we gonna get made fun of you know and the the great thing about this show is it does have such broad appeal you know so I'm in the audience with people that aren't necessarily it's not a queer audience per se necessarily Mm -hmm. but I feel like everyone was still responding to it in a very like genuine way which is amazing yeah yeah, so cool. And speaking of that, do you feel like Angelia is a queer show? Would you call oh it a God. queer show? And- <laughs> I think it's the queerest show on Broadway. And you can quote me on that. I mean, like, I just can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine something more queer. But, like, it's so it's so cool to see, especially when there are queer people in the audience. Because, you know, you know what I mean? Like, these are, like, these are the songs that we bump in the club. Like, these are, like, it's, like, Ariana Grande break free. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that song for me when I was coming out was, like, I would, like, blast it in the car. And and for that, for those songs of, like, you know, gay pop icons, like Britney Spears, Katy Perry, um, and also, like, something as gay as, like, musical theater is, like, it's just, like, so many layers to it. Um, and, you know, obviously, my my character specifically and the storyline, um, it, it, it tells a queer story in a way that I, I'm unfamiliar with, like, truly. Like, I've seen other queer stories told on, on Broadway that are, like, really sad and really tragic. Um, and so it's it's really nice for this to be a show that gives me a happy ending and gives, um, you know, it gives you a sense of hope as you leave the theater and not like, you know, travesty. It's, it's something I think that's new. And um, yeah, there's, there's so many layers to the queerness of the show. I think the show lives in a world where like, there's a lot of present fluidity, um, even in like the ensemble and, 
Yeah, I I love it. I, I, I always say, like, if I was not in this show, I would be in this theater every single week. Like, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. This would be my favorite musical. And it kind of is. So <laughs> I know that's very biased of me to say, but gosh, I just, it's, it's, it's so cool and it's so refreshing. Yeah, you like predicted what we were going to talk about next because we're like, this show has such queer joy in it. We love it. It's oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> I know we both felt that walking out of the theater, too. And just like I love listening back to the songs, like not just in the cast album, but like the original ones now and thinking yeah. of them as queer songs. It's my favorite. I know. It's so cool. It's the script entirely. <laughs> So you've had like a dream last year, like a year ago, you didn't even know that this was all going to happen. Wow. So it's kind of hard to think ahead, but what would you be excited to work on next? Or do you have something to share that you're working on next? I I don't have anything that I'm working on currently, presently, but you know, I, my heart is so open. I think I got to this point by leading with my heart and, you know, bringing myself to every audition room every creative project that I was in you know like bringing my perspective and now I'm telling a story that's basically my own on on a Broadway stage which was like my number one biggest dream in life so I you know I I'm really trusting of the universe to guide me into whatever is to come next and I'm really excited about it because um I didn't ever think you know I thought you know maybe one day I would maybe get to be in a Broadway show but like I don't think that I ever thought it would feel so real to me like feel so relevant to just who I am and what I've persevered through like I think that that is something that I, I couldn't even dream about so I think I'm hoping that my next project is also something that I couldn't even dream about um or that Max Martin just decides he wants to give me a record deal. That would be cool. <laughs> Yes. Oh, well, we're so excited to follow whatever you do next. Uh, yeah, yeah it's going to be awesome. Uh, so moving into like our final sections, we ask all our guests. Um, the first one's called Queering the Canon. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> is there an existing musical theater role uh, that you would like to play and to queer? Oh, my God. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like this is like, as queer musical theater people, this is all we think, like, how do we, how do we make this queer? And how would that make the story better? Because it would. Yes. Um, <laughs> like in my, in my college years, my answer right off the bat would be Kathy. And I know that pr there have been queer productions of the last five years, but that was like really my favorite musical. Mm -hmm. um, so Kathy is obviously a dream role of mine, but I think in today's day and age, I would love to see a queer production of Hades Town, where mm. I'm starring as Eurydice, uh, just because Greek mythology is so layered and so interesting. And I just feel like that story kind of lends itself, you know, it's like such, you know, it's it's a famous love story, much like Romeo and Juliet. So I, I would have to say, yeah, Eurydice wow. and Hades Town, dream role. Wow. Who, Megan, who were we talking to that said they wanted to, like, produce a last five years with two non-binary oh, yes. actors and then have them, like, swap roles every time? Oh, oh, oh. oh who was that? <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, yeah. We, we have to go back because this is probably the, at least the sixth or seventh time the last five years has been one of the answers for Korean. Last five years is gay. Like, what do, what do you yeah, want me to say so, about so it? Gay. It has to be. <laughs> also, this Hades Town dream seems very realistic to me. Yeah. So I got to see Hades Town in Korea, and it was amazing. Did you? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I have literally gone through the archives and I've seen every clip of promotional footage that I can because it just like. It does something to see like Korean people like ah oh, doing like a Broadway musical. It's so so so. Oh, I don't know. Incredible. It does something to my soul. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. I'm so blessed. I'm so glad you got to see that. <laughs> see, now we're even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this is all, we love the answers to this question. Outside of theater, what is your queer culture indulgence? What music, maybe events, uh, oh TV gosh. shows, movies? <laughs> it's it's hard to think about that right now because my life is so submerged in the show. And I think <laughs> probably anyone on Broadway can relate to, to that because you're like, outside of 
what is what is outside of theater exactly yeah. <laughs> um, but I think before before that you know consuming as much queer culture like that's really that's really all I do I I, I I you know any show that has like a queer character I'm watching it drag race you know it's just like at this point I'm like does, do I even mention these things but um I I love celebrating queerness I love my favorite month of the year is pride like that is my Christmas um and I like to think that I celebrate pride year-round that pride lives in me parade or not (laughs) um but uh, you know I would love to find some more downtime to to consume queer content right now I'm reading um, a book I have here. What is it called again? Oh, yes, um, we're gonna get a called, I know. And I'm, I'm not much of a reader. I'm not much of a reader at all, I have to admit. But this book was recommended to me. It's called Just by Looking at Him, and it's written by Ryan O'Connell. Um, oh. and, uh, this is a queer story. Um, so I think I, I love supporting queer art. Um, I love supporting queer artists and, and consuming queer music and TV and film. And Luckily, there's so much, you know, coming out that is queer. You know, you know, obviously, I've watched Posed and rewatched Posed and just everything. I'm like, give it to me. I am your target audience. Um, but if you have any recommendations, I am super open to them because, uh, you know, I, I only know what I know. Oh, my gosh. So many. Have you, have you seen A League of Their Own? No. Oh, oh my God. It's, uh, it's on Amazon. Too. Yeah. It's A League scary. of Their Own. I'm writing it down right now. Yes. Have you seen the movie, uh, the the original movie? I don't. Okay, here's the other thing. I did not grow up watching all the movies because I was very sheltered. I watched Veggie Tales and Prince I watched a lot of Veggie Tales too. Yeah. So my like, everyone's like, you haven't seen that movie. Like the other day, I was watching, um, I was watching Charlie's Angels for the first time. For the first time, can you believe wow. that? Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even that, even that movie is queer to me. I, queer. I feel like I find queerness in everything. I'm like mm-hmm. queer, absolutely, yes. <laughs> just because I'm like, yes, like I am her. Like I get it. Like I don't know, but um, League of Their Own. No, I haven't. League of Their Own. And then uh, my favorite right now is P Valley. Uh, it's P Valley. Okay, see, I'm clearly <laughs> behind. But you know, please, please give me grace. I'm I'm only here no, no, no. It's, every it's day. <laughs> Hall, the playwright. It's her show, and it's about a strip club in Mississippi, and it's oh, so good. I need to watch it. Isn't it on like a platform that I don't pay for? I think it's on Stars. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, gotta get to that. Yeah. If you like Pose, you should read The House of Impossible Beauties. It's like <sighs> super devastating, but very. <laughs> if you're in yeah. for a good cry and you want to read about, I love to cry. <laughs> Yeah, early okay. ball scene. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I have homework to do. <laughs> You're busy. Uh, okay, and, then, and then our last section uh, we call Queer Gives. So is there like uh, an organization or a mutual aid fund or any kind of group that supports the LGBT community um, that you'd like to shout out for our listeners to support? Yeah, right now I am really excited about the Open House Project um, that was started by Sis. I'm not sure if you know her, but she is like an advocate. And um, that program is all about offering accessible or free tickets to Broadway shows, um, specifically to Black, queer, non-binary, trans, um, people of color, underprivileged people, um, minority groups, um, and giving them access to see shows. And I think that is so cool as someone who grew up, you know, without money um, and, and and never got to see it. Like the first show that I saw was, I think I was like 17 years old, my first like actual professional show that I ever saw. And so now that I'm here on Broadway, there's nothing more than I, that I want to do, but like expand the reach of of people getting to, experience theater because like I said I I think theater changes lives and changes the world and as many young people as we can get filling these Broadway seats the better because they are the future they are the ones who are going to tell these stories so beautifully and be inspired and and hopefully some of them will get to see our show which would would be really cool but I think that has been on my heart lately 
Yeah, we we had sis on the podcast last year, and this must be a new thing because she didn't get to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. It's out there. So if you're listening to this podcast, go follow them because they post on their story um like submissions for when they have uh, available tickets. And oh, oh, oftentimes they are um completely paid for. You just have to fill out a form. Oh incredible. Wow. That's amazing. And last but not least, how can our listeners follow you and all the amazing things you're doing? Oh, yes. If you um, want to find me, you just, I, I made it pretty easy. You just um, search <laughs> Justin David Sullivan. It's just my name um, on Instagram, TikTok, and my Twitter is basically Justin David Sullivan, but like just kind of crammed because you can't, you can't use that many characters in the username, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be easy to find. It's just my name. Awesome. And we'll link to that as well. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you for all of that. that this oh, has been an amazing you. conversation. I know. I feel so refreshed. It's so. It's always so cool to, to talk to people who just who just get it. And and thank you for making me feel comfortable and and for having me as a guest. I'm so honored. Oh my gosh, we're honored. It's so lovely to talk with you. Thanks for listening. If you like, please rate and review us and share us with your friends so excited to hear your queer culture recommendations or any of your ideas on how we could queer the canon you can call us yes actually call us and leave us a voicemail at 845-445-9251 or send us an email at thesisonjoan at gmail.com until next time keep it queer not that it'd be that hard for y'all to do We're not recording video, even though you look amazing, as always. Um, (laughs) My half-sweated-off show makeup. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.